Be'ezus Hashem Yizbarech. We will continue what we are learning in the Holy Letters of the Balatanya, letter number 12. The Shi is L'schus Rafu Shalema Fahinda Bastaber Achel. Well, we are learning this letter about the difference between the act of charity and the inner service and obsession with charity and how its effects are on this world. How the act of charity, the mere activity, where you're not fully present, but you're just doing the act of charity, that brings peace in the world. And that the inner dimension, when you're fully present, mind, body, and soul, intelligence, and emotions, and you're fully pushing yourself to the limit beyond your mere capabilities, how that reveals and discloses and unleashes a never-ending and everlasting tranquility. And we are going in very deep into these different modes of consciousness. And we're explaining that the Holy Balatanya in this letter says that the intelligence, the emotions, the revelatory, the revelation that comes on a person's soul is something that's indescribable. When a person pushes himself to the limit, the experience that he has nullifies and abrogates, removes the entire corruption of the first sin of knowledge. And that's why we've spent all this time going into the secret and the mystery of the forbidden fruit, the fruit of knowledge that Adam and Chava were told not to eat. But when they ate it, they became aware of their identities, of their separateness. They, came aware, they became aware of their separate sense of self. The separate sense of self in terms of body, that they were separate from each other. And they became separate, their separate self of self, because the creator of the world told them not to eat from the fruit. And they went and ate from it. And then the allure of the physical mundane reality, the allure of the body, the allure of the separateness, the allure of materialism corrupted everything in the world to the point that the soul, which is the animating life force of everything, and the body, which is the container, but the body on its own is the death of a thing, right? When the person's soul leaves the body, then all you have is left is the body. And the body then is the death of the person. The difference between a live person and a dead person, even if they're twins, is if they have a soul or not. If the soul leaves, you will only be able to talk to the live one. So what gives a person life is a soul. And the body of a person is his death. When the body is animated by the soul, then you have the life. But as soon as Adam Atrava chose from this fruit of knowledge. Death was introduced into the world, which means death 
in its purest state means the body for the sake of the body. The body and the soul must live in harmony. But once we start to over-amplify the body, over-amplify our separateness, that is the beginning of all corruption. And in the beginning, when they ate from the fruit of knowledge, their eyes became dim to the true reality. And they actually changed the fabric of humanity in the sense where good and bad became mixed. And everything that's bad has a little good and everything that's good has a little bad. And therefore we are on this er world, we are on this earth for thousands of years to rectify this sin. The Holy Kabbalists explain that they're deep inside this mission contains tremendous nucleus of fruits, tremendous fruitful endeavor, fruitful success. Because the Pasek says that God saw that everything that he created and it was very good. Every day of the week what he created, he said it was good. I saw light, good. But after the sin, after he created Adam and Chava, and even after they sinned, he said it was very good. And the Holy Kabbalist explained what could be very good about the sin. What could be very good about selfishness? What could be very good about developing my own body, my own nature? And for that, they explain that deep inside every Jew is a part of God where you could create your own world and you think that your beastly nature, your personality, you think that your trauma, your past experiences, you think that that has a hold over you, your anxiety, your depression, your impulses, your relationship issues, you think that that has a hold over you and you think you're a slave to that and you're in Mitzrayim, you're trapped by these bondage, by this gullus, by this type of confusion about who you are, your personality, your addictions, your impulses. And the goal is for you to go deep within the core of your consciousness, which is a part of God, and for that to burst through, for that to be unleashed, for the Yisrael Shabbat Neshama to come out, to be challenged to the core, Everything in the world is trying to stop the Jew from ex- achieving his purpose, from being Adam al-Elyoy, from being similar to the Creator, from creating the world, from choosing selflessness, from choosing godliness, from choosing heaven, from choosing righteousness, from choosing kindness and compassion, from choosing the most fulfilling things in the world, from choosing life that will outlive him choosing to invest in his children, invest in things that will always outlive him, to be trapped by the allure of the physical, which is the moment in time, one moment of pleasure, when he knows in his consciousness, in this core, he's investing in his children, he's investing in things that will outlive him. When you know that 
by a person's Leviah, you only talk about in five minutes the things that will outlive the person, the things that outlive him, the things that showed him to be of high moral caliber, of high, to be in a state where he is reflecting the divine, reflecting the creator of the world. But we are put into these bodies and we are trapped from thousands of years in Gullus, where the odds seem to be stacked against us. And come the Hasidic masters and explain, this is the secret to creation. The secret to creation is, the secret to Gullus, the secret to all of this is that essentially, perpetually, inherently, you are free. You're a free man. You're free to do whatever you want. You have the greatest, most infinite, indescribable, imageless, selfless core that is connected with God. And no matter what, it's what you go through in life, you could unleash. There's a consciousness. There's a core that you could unleash that is that in that sense you're similar to your creator. But you are created Adam. Adam is also from the Adama. You were created also from the ground. Person comes from the ground originally and he's going to go back to the ground. This body has a perpetual paradox, a constant paradox. On one hand, it's trying to bring you into the ground. Trying to bring you deep into the materialism to try to make you more mundane. That's what the body's job is. The body's lethargic. The body's sleepy. The body's an entrapment of the ground. And the soul is trying to lift the body up to heaven to make it more intelligent, more selfless, more kind. And the higher we go in our bodies, the more refined we become. There's the brute re reality of our lower half of our body till our feet that's on the ground. And then we have our heart. And then as we get higher, we get our intelligence. And deep into the core of our intelligence is where the soul reigns. And in our bodies, there's heaven and earth. And the idea is for us to make them kiss, heaven and earth to come together to sprout a new vegetation, a new consciousness. A consciousness in which the soul interacts with the body, refines the body and channels the body. And that is the tremendous story of man. That Adam and Chava, when they've become corrupt after the eating of the sin of knowledge, there's a whole evolutionary process. And this is why the Hasidic masters explain, take enormous amount of time to explain this. Because there's two ways to look at the soul and the body. There's one way to look at it from an external facet where there's the soul and the body. Men represent the soul, women represent the body, and now they have to make peace with each other. But actually, as we spent a lot of time in this, 
It is much deeper than that. What type of peace are we trying to make? And we explained we are trying to make the peace of compassion. The peace of compassion we are trying to make between men and women, between the soul and body is essentially the peace of compassion. And we have explained that on the right side is kindness and on the left side is gvura, which means to feel the kindness, to be in awe, to be in an empty space, to have shame. And then we explained that compassion means to give from shame, to give from a space of feeling, from tremendous emptiness, to unite with the other person, to have empathy, to connect with the other person. And we've explained that men are primarily responsible for giving. For, and women are primarily responsible for feeling. And a husband and a wife who are together united is giving with feeling. If a man is in touch with his feminine side, with the gvura side of him, then he's giving through a space of feeling. And if a woman is in touch with the right side of her, which because she's primarily gvura, she's primarily feeling, then she is not only feeling the emptiness, she's not only feeling her own emptiness, she's actually feeling, but also giving. And that's why we explained that Avram and Sarah essentially Avram represented Chesed and Sarah represented Gura. Avram represented the soul and Sarah represented the body. Avram represented God and Sarah represented the Jewish people. Avram represented the idea of giving and Sarah represented the idea of receiving. But when you look at it from an angle of Chesed and Gura, they have no connection with each other. Avram is water and Sarah is fire. Chesed and Gvura on their own have no connection to each other. And that's why the Kabbalists explained that Avram and Sarah, Avram was the idea of love. The idea of love to bring it down to actuality, to make it real, is an impossible feat. Because right away, this Ottoman Kava, there was tremendous competition. Soon as they ate from the Chet Eitzadas, they saw the gender wars, which is the, set, the tremendous contradiction between God and the Jewish people. The first male and the first female, the first Adam Achava, Adam representing God, and the Jewish people representing the woman of God, where we are materialistic, we are physical, and the soul of us is trapped deep inside of us. And God is super spiritual, super being. We can't see, we have no relationship. We think we only see from the brute reality of the feminine reality, of the gvura reality, of the being in a state of emptiness. We see this whole world as empty. So how do you make peace between Avram and Sarah, between God and the Jewish people? How do you make peace? We see, we don't speak, we don't speak our husband's language. We want money. We want to go shop with the credit card. And God is a different language, the language of the Torah, the language of spirituality. Men and women don't speak eye to see eye to eye. The man's interested in his football game. He's interested in his own things. The woman's interested in going shopping. There's no communication. How do we communicate with each other? Explains the Holy Balatanya that Avram and Sarah actually had no connection with each other because Avram represented God and Sarah represented the Jewish people and they actually have no connection with each other. Unless you go deep into the core and you realize that at the core, they're one. The core of Avram and Sarah is the soul. 
And that's where God came in and he added a name to Avram, a hey for Hashem. And he added a hey to Sarah. And she became Sarai, she became Sarah. And now she was able to have, get pregnant. Now they were able to interact with each other because the godly spark went into Avram and went into Sarah in a way that they could communicate with each other. Because Avram was this idea that was so separate. The Holy Kabbalah says, Seichel Anela Mikol Ryan. Just like the idea of God being so remote from us. What do we have to do with God? We come into the world. There's no God. But then Hashem introduced the Torah. The Torah is the ability for us to connect with God. Avram Avinu coming down and narrowing himself down to Sarah. And Sarah coming closer to Avram. And together they make a new child, which is Yitzchak. So Sarah makes Avram's love real. She makes his love real. He becomes now real. Now he's not anymore an idea. He's still an idea when he marries Hagar. Nothing ever happens from Yishmael. Only problems till today. But Sarah is the first guru. She's the first real woman. But over here you see something most magical. Sarah now creates a child, that's Yitzchak, that even though he's a man, even though he's similar to his father, but he is the first rectification of man, because we are trying to fix the Chet Eitzadas, and remember the Chet Eitzadas happened because Adam and Chava, in their primal state, even though when they were separate, Adam represented the soul, Chava represented the body, and that, they were made for each other, but as a as a separate entity, they are in contradiction with each other. But Yitzchak is the first child that's born from the primary man and the primary woman. The perfect woman is Sarah, the perfect man is Avram. Hashem changes their names and there's a godly union. And the first child, Yitzchak Yitzchak, a miraculous child, he was born from the gift of God. 90 years old woman, 100 year old man. Miraculous angels come, they give the blessing, God gives the, God makes her able to conceive. Because the reality is physicality, Chava, the brute physical reality has no capability of giving out unlimited energy. Creation, birth is one of the most magical things in the world. How could a body, how could a woman, how could a, how could the ground, how could it give out a new thing? Only God could do that. And that's the secret of life that the Jewish people have the ability to create. We have the ability to give to God. We have the ability to give. He will provide the energy. But what we do without energy is indescribable. It's undecidable. It's free choice was given to you to be a beast, to be an animal, to be trapped by your personality or to transcend, to change the fabric of humanity, to introduce a spiritual selfless energy in all your material aspects, to create a new consciousness, to create children that will go in the right path, that will have a not children that are vegetables, not children that are, God forbid, just clueless about life, but to create a legacy, to infuse them with spirituality, with the Torah. And this is the tremendous gift that Hashem gives to Sarah, to rectify Chava, to rectify the Chet Etzadas. And this child was born in purity, so he's Yitzchak. He's the first child, he's the first man. But he represents the Jewish people, he represents Sarah, he represents Chava. He represents the feminine element, the body, but he's most pure.
So now we have a child, a, a man of chesed. But really he's Gvura. Really he was created from Sarah. He was created from his father's energy being narrowed down. So really, you're looking at a man who represents chesed, but really he's Gvura. He's pure. He's the, he's the, he's the feeling energy. He's Yira. He's, he has tremendous feeling. And then who does he marry? He marries Rivka. And Rivka is a woman. She represents Gvura. She represents feeling energy. But Eliezer tested her and he tested her and he saw that she was permeated with kindness. And this is the secret of compassion. What is the primal, the primary and the primordial, the most amazing marriage? The first marriage that's recorded the Torah, Yitzchak and Rivka, because it is the guide for marriage. The guide for marriage is that a man has to remember that really he's chesed as a man, but his whole purpose is to be gvura, to narrow himself down, to devote himself, to give with tremendous feeling, intimacy, intimacy, to see, to narrow himself down to one woman, to be able to give her and understand her and listen to her, to give her from his left side, meaning to say, gvura shebe chesed. Just like Yitzchak, Yitzchak was gvura. He was born from Avram. He was, he's a man. He represents chesed. He looks like Avram. But really it was Gvura Shebechaset. He was a narrow down energy, refined energy. Gvura Shebechaset. And then his wife, which is Rivka, which she is Gvura. But she's Chesed Shebechvura. And that's why we say the awesome idea of making peace between men and women. Is a woman is very easy for the details. But to give a detailed compliment is hard for her. The compliment part is hard. To get in touch with the Chesed part. The right side, because she's primarily from the left side, which is the details, which is the feeling. And the man is very good at giving compliments, but to give a detailed compliment, to narrow himself down. And this is the tremendous revelation that he's saying from this letter that us as Jewish people, when we engage in compassion, we are Gvura, we are the, the woman of God. But when we engage in compassion with each other, when we take from our left side, when we feel each other, when we do our voices at Tzedakah, we wake up in the, ma in the man, in the primordial man, in God, that he wants to take from his right side, which is his aloofness, which is a sechel Ryan, which is the part of God that we don't see in this world. And he brings it down and makes miraculous energy in this world for you and for me. And that's what he says. A never-ending, everlasting kindness where he transforms your life for the future. Why? Because it's just like in a marriage when a woman gets in touch with her right side, like Rivka, very kind, goes out of her nature of feeling, goes out of her nature of feeling that she's receiving from her husband and she's a giver. She's cooking and doing and complimenting and going out of her nature. That wakes up in the man an enormous amount of revelation, an enormous amount of sensitivity where he wants to narrow himself down. And that's what the Holy Balatani is explaining over here. That Sarah created Yitzchak, but Yitzchak and Rivka was the primary marriage. And in this marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka, because Rivka was chesed shebegvura, she was kind, and Yitzchak was gvura shebechesed. Together they created Rachamim, and their child was Yaakov. Their child was Yaakov, which was Midas Rachmanus, because Rachamim is created from a perfect marriage of husband and wife, where the husband's narrowed down and devoted to the wife, and a wife is raising herself up and getting in touch with her kind side.
to give with feeling. He's giving with feeling and she's giving with feeling. But he is primarily giving and he's, you, he's getting in touch with his left side, which is the feeling to give with a sense of intimacy. And she is primarily feeling, but she gets in touch with her giving side. And together they give with feeling, with the great compassion. And that's what Yitzchak and Rivka created. Yaakov. And Yaakov was the Midas Arachmanus. And that's why we explain that Yaakov Avinu married two women. Because Yaakov had two representations in him. His Yaakov was, when we say the word Yaakov, we represent more the body, Yud Eikev. And when we say Yisrael, we represent more the Neshama. So he was made up of the perfect man and the perfect woman. The perfect man was his father. The perfect woman was his mother. So therefore, he also was the complete man who was similar. He looked identical to Adam Arisha, the Gemara says. Because Yaakov had these two energies. He had both Adam energy and Chava energy. Both Avram energy and Sarah energy. Both Yitzchak energy and Rivka energy. He had both the perfect soul and the perfect body. Because in Yitzchak and Rivka was the perfect soul and the perfect body. Because it was a body that was interacting with the soul and it was a soul that was interacting with the body. Both men and women, Yitzchak representing the man and Sir and Rivka representing the woman and how they gave to each other. Because the goal is to create Adam Adishan in its perfect state, which is Yaakov. Which means body and soul are interacting all the time. And Rachel married, Rachel represented the soul, she represents Yisrael. She's a woman that cultivates Yaakov's soul. And Leah is a woman that cultivates Yaakov's body. Because Rachel and Leah are two different types of emois. They're two different types of cultivations. And that's what it gives us the 12 Shvatim. With different energies coming out from this compassion. Because compassion is a mixture of chesed and gvura. There's a masculine side of compassion, a giving, and the feminine, which is the feeling, to give with the body, to give with the tremendous sensitivity, to make it real, to unite with the person that you're giving to. That was Yaakov Avinu, and that is the birth of compassion. And that's what he's telling us in this letter, that you can look at it superficially, Abraham looks like Yaakov, wonderful, I'm going to give kindness. That's my satsudaka. But then you can be involved in avoiding satsudaka, get into the intricacies of, of Yitzchak and Rivka. See how Yaakov Avinu was created. See what Rachel and Leah is. See what this means for your life. Understand what it means that Yaakov put on the clothing of Esau. That you have to rectify this thing. Understand that all of my money how do I make peace with it? How do I make peace with all of this materiality? By becoming selfless, by becoming compassionate. Compassion is the healer of everything. It's a never-ending, everlasting tranquility. That there's kindness, and it's wonderful, and it's doing shalom. But if you want never-ending, everlasting, if you want to touch the messianic area now, to get deeply involved in this idea, to realize that everything was to create compassion. Because compassion is what's created. Shalom bias means compassion. Husband and wife, opposites coming together, interacting with each other. Shalom bias means that I interact with my ego, where they make peace. Esav and Yaakov make peace. Shalom bias means I make peace with the poor man, but not just making peace by giving him, but feeling and intuitively listening to him, becoming one with him, where his glory becomes my chesed, where I listen with my left side. So he's giving me now, and all of a sudden we become friends. He doesn't feel like I shamed him. There's a tremendous interactivity, inter-inclusion between us where we create compassion and in that space God creates compassion with me where there's no more that I'm the only one who's receiving from God but God 
is giving me in a way that he's receiving from me because I gave him this deep kindness and now he narrows down and changes my life. This is the never-ending, everlasting tranquility he's talking about. When we touch compassion, when we get involved in the depth of it, where our body becomes serving our soul in the sense that we are all about selflessness, to be able to use our selfishness only to know another person. And that is the most magical thing in the world.